Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody. Grant Napier and Sean Salisbury. The NFL schedule will be officially released. Of course, <laughs> no one can keep this damn thing a secret. I was just looking at, you know, the New York Giants schedule. I'm a fan of the Giants and uh, seeing how many games they're going to lose this year. You get a, Is this a big day for you? Do you get into the NFL schedule or not really? I, I don't. I never have. I didn't even when I played. When I played, the only thing you'd look at was, are you playing on Thanksgiving Day? Yep. If you're if you're gonna get like when John Madden, are you getting the Madden game? You know, one of those, and where the bye week was when there was one, so you could say, "Oh my goodness, that's when." Hopefully, we'll win the week before, so Coach gives us a week off, right? So I did because, <laughs> yeah. and then you probably after a couple of days peaked at when do we play Green Bay and Chicago on the road again? Is it freezing in no. December, right? So you'd look at that, but. I never have, and even still to this day, and I know people, it's good for people, especially now with prices, for to plan trips and to go see their teams yep. on the road. But And we'll discuss it. It's great banter on your shows and matchups and Tampa and Kansas City and all that. But I honestly, I, I actually kind of snicker and, and smirk at just how many people. Like, we've turned this into a made-for-TV thing. It's, un, it's, it's unbelievable to it, me that people yep. sit around like, and it's like draft pick, oh, game one. And game two, but I love people's passion about it. But Grant, I've never ever set my watch. I've never watched the schedule show in my life. I I'll have either. to wake up tomorrow. I'll have to wake up tomorrow morning before my show and look at the Texans and teams we're going to talk about in the division in the South, ASC South, to figure out who the hell they play. So no, I, I it'll it'll be months before I realize. Oh, the Raiders play this team win that I grew up a Raider. Right. So now, even as a player, it wasn't. I didn't. I've never paid attention to it. Yeah. The- the, the reality is in the NFL, you can't predict anything because injuries change the landscape of everything. So it's not necessarily who you play. It's when you play them. So I think we get too caught up in the schedule. I'm with you. I think it's great for fans that like to plan road trips so they yep. can book their airfare and their hotel and they can maybe stay on it. You know, if a team is on the West Coast and they're playing back to back games on the East Coast, maybe they can make a week out of it. That's what it's important. But the other stuff, trying to figure out, gee, whether it's a tough schedule, whether it's not a tough schedule, it changes because of injuries. So you can't do that. Right. And a team last year that made the playoffs is going to get their ass handed to them this year. Right. I mean, it's the way That's it right. is. Or you look at you look at a team like now you added Deshaun Watson to Cleveland, depending yep. on what happens with the NFL and, and you know, what they're going to do with his situation. He instantly makes them, are they 12 wins or are they – if he's not there, are they eight wins? And and people say, well, look at it. So, and you go in, like I look at the Texans, we, we talk about who they're going to play. I don't know when because we already know the games they have. And it's like, man, that's a tough schedule. But in truth, 
do we really know if if the Chargers? I mean, they on paper they look great, but what happens if they're having one of those years where they're not, or so yep. another team? So I, I yeah, the, the 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 ones at the top we know who they are, but listen, I watched the the Texans last year go into Tennessee, the number one, you know, the number, and beat them in their building, and beat the Chargers, I think, in a game two. So. And then their other two wins were against Jacksonville. So you, you, you <laughs> right. go, go figure. It really listen the difference, Grant, between between the num- number one team in the league. So who, if you think it's Tampa or last year the Rams or this year, if you think it's Cincinnati, whoever you think it is, the difference between the best team and the worst team, whether that's the Jets, the Texans, Jacksonville, yep. Carolina, is a quarterback, about three or four good players. Mm-hmm. Playing, having career, having really good years, and a uh, about eight to ten plays a game, max. That's that. That's the well, yep. Sean. Really, that explains how you can go from a two-win team one year, and then a year or two later, you're in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Carolina with Jake Malone was their quarterback. So it's it truly is. If you're talking about leagues that change, that 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 the great equalizer that you can make a turnaround yeah. in a hurry. If you got a quarterback. And you hope they're well coached, you would think. And you got about three or so good players, solid type of Pro Bowl players. And you and you six or eight plays that you didn't make when you sucked. Yeah, we all seen that. Six to eight, ten plays that you make when you don't suck is the difference in missing the playoffs or being a top five pick the next year, and then being in the playoffs or a Super Bowl contender. Hey, raise your hand if you had Memphis leading by as many as 55 points last night uh, against the Warriors. I got to tell you something funny. I'm sure you probably have heard this, but Stephen A. Smith today on ESPN said that Mike Brown is the luckiest man on earth because had he not signed his deal with Sacramento before coaching game four and game five, the Kings wouldn't have hired him. And I will tell you, being in Sacramento for as long as I have, Stephen A. is right on the money. But, I mean, listen, that has nothing to do with what's going to happen in Sacramento. But, oh, my God, the Golden State Warriors have not looked like themselves the last two games. Man, what a – what a, and let's not forget the caveat that their best player once again missed another game and they lost and they, and they win by 39. Yep. 39 points after that and kind of took off the gas and only hung what 138 points or whatever it was 139 on him. So I'm going to tell you something, Grant, I know that when you take away Giannis, Milwaukee's not better. I I, I get it. Okay. Take Brady away from new England. Well, they, they're no longer new England, right? At least for now. But I got to tell you, at 21 and 5, when that I know. dude is, I don't know what it is. And he may not play the rest of the series. And you know what? It may not be a bad gig for Memphis at 21 and 5. Of course, you want him. But whatever it is that they got in, that you could sell in a jar that they're starting, yep. that they elevate their play, it's, it's fucking fascinating. Could you imagine they, if they go and win tomorrow? Could you imagine if they fucking go into San Francisco and beat the Warriors tomorrow? And what happens if they not only, so we're at 3 2 right now, correct? Yes. Old states up three. Yep. Can you? What if Morant can't play the next two games and they steal this series? He's not. He's I out. Know that's a huge what if. Could you? Right. right. He, 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 I mean, unless some. I've seen this movie before where the guy goes all Willis Reed. Somebody does it. Comes out walking. Yeah, out I know. Plays. But a, what's it? A bruised knee, I think, or something. Right. And, and if he can't, you know, with the contusion, is definitely out. But can you imagine they go and win two games? Oh boy. And steal this series. Oh and boy. They do it without him. It would. Oh be, wow. Uh, that that well that that would have to rate as one of the great upsets, but this team raises up. I know they do it, but yeah, that Mike Brown probably saying thank goodness my name was on that contract beforehand. You're exactly. You know, it's amazing to me. 
If you look at three of the game fives that have been played in the last 48 hours, think about this. Miami in games three and four in Philadelphia look lost. They come home in game five and annihilate Philadelphia. Phoenix, who rolled in games one and two, looked lost in games three and four. They go home and they absolutely run Dallas out of the gym. I know home court is an advantage, but it shouldn't be that big an advantage. And then again, last night, you look at Memphis. The one team that did not hold home court last night was Boston, and we'll talk about that. But those scores, the disparity in scores in those three series that I just mentioned, that's hard for me to fathom. It really is. Uh, I know, and some people will give you the old, well, it's it's if it's a two-point loss or a 40-point loss. You know, that speech you'll get from some. Uh, as a player, I can tell you this. I, I don't want to get my ass kicked by 40 in a football right. game, in a, in, in a basketball game, because even though you can try to build in the excuse, oh, it's just a loss, something deep-seated can kick and say, we were almost down by 60 in yeah. this damn game. So, and you hope you rise above it, and you do. And we saw the other two, like you said, and then Philadelphia, what I tell you, Harden wasn't putting two or three back-to-back. Boom, yep. you see it. And Giannis dresses in a phone booth, and they get they go in and do their thing. And, boy, was you know what it reminded me of on the defensive end is Drew Holiday. You remember when Portland oh, was in New Orleans? And Damian, and, and he, Lil, he drew Lillard the whole time in that shorter mm-hmm. series and locked him down twice and then hung like 37 and 40 on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Well, the plays he, you know, against Marcus Smart last night down Unbelievable. the and yeah, it was phenomenal. And he, while he doesn't get the credit on the defensive end that Smart gets or that Rudy Gobert gets the great, even Giannis, who's been the defensive player of the year, I'm going to tell you what, when he decides to, to shut you down and play defense like he does, Holiday is one of the more underrated perimeter defenders we have in this league. So no question. I, I was impressive, and I know we'll get to the Boston game, but you're right, Grant. I, I just don't like the message it sends taking that kind of ass whooping, you know, yep. take, take it to the woodshed well, that bad, because it, it can carry over now. Do we think Golden State's going to win? Yes, but the discrepancy, I can't even picture, and I'm not going old school, get off my lawn. I, I'm not picturing the Lakers and the Celtics getting run out of the gym by 40 on, on Larry no. Bird or Magic Johnson's pride no. alone. Right. Right. Here's the other issue. The other issue is if you're Phoenix or you are, excuse me, if you're Philadelphia or you're Dallas, let's just hold these two series. In order to win this series, you're going to have to win a game seven on the road, assuming you win the game tonight. All right. So let's just say that Dallas beats Phoenix at home and Philadelphia beats Miami at home tonight. Why would anyone think, based on games one and two and five, that you're going to be able to go on the road and win a game seven when you've had your ass kicked in all three of those games? I, it, you know, that's part of it as well. There is no, and you brought the point up on our show on Tuesday about which one of these of yep. those games, and well, we saw, I, 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 and I said the Giannis going into Boston would be yeah, you because did. When, just like that, when he decides to throw you on his shoulders, doesn't matter, yep. even with Middleton or no Middleton, he, he, can, he can carry you. And, mm-hmm. and there's only a handful in the league that can. He's Correct. one of them. He's used yep. to it. So um, that was the one. But you're right, Grant. You get in, and when you walk in the building, if you get to a game seven, there can't – hell, I don't care if you're a pro athlete or it – doesn't, it doesn't matter a hill of beans. Yep. There's still that. You know what? This will be the the, the fourth time I get my ass kicked three times. And what what tells me that guy's not going to hit me with the right again and beat? What have I done to change that Mm -hmm. thought process? Nah, I I, I don't I don't see it happening. And I'm going to tell you another guy who's not getting enough national talk. Maybe is Jimmy Butler's playing his ass off now. Yeah, yes. The analytics and metrics say he's playing about as good as anybody in the postseason right now. And he guards your boy. Oh, oh, what's that? 
And he guards you. Oh, he he puts a body you. on you. Yeah, right. You're damn right. He will. And he doesn't, he doesn't dog it at any point nope. in time. He is, nope. he is a, he's a dog the way we talk about dog. We want dogs on our team, but he doesn't dog it. That dude is a, and he plays angry yep. and he's intense. And I believe it permeates through his team. The team of Jimmy Butler is always dangerous because they kind of feed off his energy. And boy, is he played on both ends. All right, I want to go back to that Boston-Milwaukee series. All right, game four in Milwaukee. The Bucks are controlling play. They've got the lead in the fourth. They lose it. Last night, there didn't seem any way in the world the Bucks were going to come back. They're down 14 points in that game with 10 minutes remaining. And then you talked about Giannis put on his cape. He, along with Holiday, changed the entire complexion of that game. I mean, I, I don't think there were a lot of people that were watching that game with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter that thought Milwaukee was going to be able to win. That was one hell of an impressive comeback last night. There is no question. And I, I, you can't come back from games like that, Grant. You've covered the sport for years, decades. Yep. And you know this in that sport. Now, you listen, we see comebacks all the time. But playoff comebacks like that are so debilitating for the team that oh, gets boy. beat. And yep. when you can just play free and cut it loose, but – when, when, when you – the only way you can do what Giannis and Holiday and what they did last night is to actually think that you can. And a lot of times when you get at that point, you say, I'm not going to exert this thing. Give me another game, and it will turn it loose. Yet, he look up at that thing with, like you said, inside the fourth quarter, like how you do this, just on the sheer minutes and coming back and the way you played leading up to that point to surrender it, it's like having to regroup and get that emotion back. Man, it is hard to grab it again. The energy sometimes gets zapped out of you, but I, I, I we, we've said it both on Tuesday. I'll say it again. That dude, I don't know, Grant, maybe you can tell me because you watch a lot of hoops and I do too, but you, you see it more than I do even. Is there a guy who plays harder in the league for, for 48 minutes than him? Than, I don't think honest? so. No. I mean, a superstar. You know, no. he reminds me, balls on the floor. Now, listen, yep. he's got his flaws. Shot pretty damn well. though. You don't hung yep. 40 on him, but I, I just – to me, I actually think he probably went over there and uh, laid in. And maybe I'm wrong. I could picture him saying things are going to yep. change right here. And it only takes a quick momentum shift. And the truth for me in games like that, it's not the offensive end that gets the turnaround. It yep. stops. And yep. it stops and flip it and then hit a few shots. And then at the end, when you pull the shorts up like that guy pound the floor, let's go. I don't think there was any doubt in Holiday's mind that Mark Smart and that hey, they had no amazing. shot. That's exactly right. I've been blessed to announce NBA basketball with Magic, okay, and watching him and go right on through the era, you know, watching Kobe, watching Michael play at the old Chicago Stadium. There was nothing like that in the world. You know, LeBron, you know, so I, I've been blessed. I've gone through many decades of announcing NBA basketball. I will tell you that when you sit courtside and you watch Giannis, there's nobody in the history of the game that does what he does. His grace, his athleticism, the way he covers so much real estate in two steps and is just graceful, dominant. And I mean this, Sean. I was announcing a game right before the league stopped because of the pandemic, and we were in Milwaukee. And we broadcast to one end of the floor, and the Bucks were shooting at that basket. And he came down, and he made a move. And as an announcer... It stunned me. Like, it stunned me because I had never seen anything like that before. And I just mentioned the great players that I had the privilege of announcing. <laughs> what he does 
I've never seen anyone else do it. He is just absolutely – he takes your breath away when you watch him courtside. I don't know if TV does this guy justice. Oh, I really I, don't. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And then when you are sitting down and you see him, the oh. physical presence alone, right? You say a guy that big can't do that stuff. And the great mm-hmm. – now, we, we hey, listen, we watch seven-footers like Dirk and, yep. and, and Durant fill it up. But the, the ability to do it, like you said, three steps, he feels like he's end-to-end. And he, he, even though he's not a great shooter, he can put the ball on the deck and get to the rim. And well, that's that when he decides that he's getting there, good luck stopping him, especially if he's hitting that mid range pull up or getting there. I don't know how you stop him, but you're right. And we've had some graceful big men, right? That are truth, like the center truth. Cause I could put Giannis, hell, I could positionless for the most part, even though he's a big, he's so great. He's got the grace of a six foot point guard. He, yes, he, he does. does. He, he really does. He may not be able to shoot like him on a continuous base, but from Wilt and, and you watched him and you covered Shaq and I mean all that. Those guys are big, physical, phenomenal players. But the grace and that's a perfect word to describe him. The yep. grace and he's getting to the point now in watching him. And I've never been in a huddle or courtside where he's getting after it to the players. But it reminds me. I'll tell you this quick story about Tex Winter, and I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but we, that Giannis is getting to the point where. Like Elway told me, how do you, how do you, how do I, how do you bring people back? I think I've shared this to you in games where you keep coming back and winning in the fourth quarter. He said, I did it once. I did it twice. And they started to buy in. I think I've shared that with you. It yeah. feels like they feel that same way about Giannis now and that he feels that way with it. And I don't think he thinks you can stop him, which is part of it. But I was talking to Tex winner one year, you know, the longtime assistant, yep. you've seen him forever and a triangle guy and with Phil Jackson. And I asked him one time in an interview, I, I said, what's Michael Jordan like when you come over for a timeout? I, I, I like the like the mental psyche because, you know, I heard, you know, you hear the stories when he knock and Kerr out on the practice floor and that he's you know, we, we're not done practicing until until Michael wins, basically, which right. is all the time. You hear the great stories in his competitiveness, which I know we hear all the guys competitive, but there's a different level of tear your heart out, feed it to you, smirk while you're killing them. And watch him bleed out, right? That that that's him. And I asked Tex when I said, "What was it like?" He goes, "Sean, I stood outside that huddle." He goes, "When Mike's in that mode, he goes, <laughs> he goes." I've heard him say things that it's like I've turned and thought, "What?" And there, you don't you can hear a pin drop. Nobody says he didn't say shit because on the radio, nobody says shit. As I paraphrase, and he said it's actually, and he meant it as a as a affectionate towards Michael and just right. because he never asked you to do anything. He ain't going to do himself. Right. Sure. But he said, it, I, I think the exact word he used was it's uncomfortable. <laughs> so, and I've always <laughs> said, you got to against great players like that. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. And, and the, the ability for Jordan to challenge others, he said, but it, it's unlike anything you've ever heard or seen. And you know what, when it comes from a guy who's been in basketball as long as Tex was at the point, you know, for all those years, I'm like, okay, I, I understand. And when that guy says it, you, you know that when Michael decides yep. the bullshit's over, it appears that Giannis, maybe not the same way they approach it, but it appears that Giannis, when he decides that it's over, that he's going to take over. And he did that in the NBA Finals last year. You just led me somewhere. I want to share this story. Uh, for a couple of years, my broadcast partner on television was Derek Dickey. He was on the 1975 Golden State Warriors championship right. team with Rick Barry. Developed an amazing Is that friendship. The Clifford and, Ray teams and Rick Barry, yep. those teams, Clifford yep. Ray, Rick Barry. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
So Derek Dickey was on that team. He ended up being one of my best friends and had a debilitating stroke and, and died, unfortunately, at an early age. But he went on uh, after he was working with me and he did uh, the Chicago Bulls radio with Neil Funk. Uh, and he was there for Michael's last three championships. And he was telling me the story once that the Bulls had a home game and they had a back-to-back in Miami the next night. So, you know, the Bulls play a home game and they check into their hotel uh, in Miami around 2.30 in the morning. So Derek was an early riser and Derek told me the next morning he was in the hotel lobby reading the paper and drinking a cup of coffee. And at 8.30 in the morning, Michael walks through the hotel lobby with his trainer on the way to a workout. And, you know, we always hear fans, you know, they, they, they talk about God-given ability, and there's a lot to that. Well, what separates the great, great players from the rest is their work ethic. And when I hear stories like that, and I used to watch Larry Bird come out hours early and LeBron come out three hours before the game and go through amazing workouts, I don't know if fans fully appreciate what makes these guys great. And I'm sure you have seen individuals in your NFL locker rooms before where you go, okay, their work ethic is through the roof, and that's why they are a pro bowler every year, right? Yeah. Well, I've always found out the guys that want it the most, that that the most talented guys and that that end up validating, a they they take their talent and they end up wearing a mustard-colored jacket in football. Yep. When they're five years after their career is over. The common denominator is, for me and the guys I've seen, and I can roll through them. I don't know if I ever – did I ever tell you the Steve Largent story? No. My rookie year? Come no. to training camp, rookie year. I, I followed Largent around like I was a baby duck, right? Listen, I want to yep. pick his brain. Yep. You know, Largent, that year, my rookie year, became the all-time leading receiver in NFL history. Obviously, Jerry Rice was still in, in – in, Yeah, in yeah, that yeah. that point in time, which pretty, some pretty good uh, players along the line that Steve passed, right? And the phenomenal human being, twice the human being was football player, and he was as good. He's the best route runner I've still ever seen. Really? Uh, yeah, still to this day. I'm talking about wow. the crispness. And if you say 12 yards, Largent didn't run it at 12 yards and two inches. Precise, <laughs> equal, dynamic. And I'm not fucking around now, dude. I'm right. just telling you. I saw him drop <laughs> one pass in a game. In, in, in a game, dude, He came to the sidelines. And Steve doesn't swear, really. And he was... I'm telling you, beside himself. Well, later in the game in, in, in San Diego, he makes a diving catch in the dirt when it was the baseball infield. And from then on, the ball do- doesn't hit the ground. You never have to say, hey, Steve, did you shorten your route? No, no, no. no. <laughs> if you miss, it wasn't because Largent ran the wrong route. I'm talking about perfection. Rookie year, sitting in the locker room. I'm sitting next to a rookie wide receiver. Uh, uh, he was a third-year wide receiver and a couple other rookies. And I, we looked through the weight room out in Kirkland, Washington. And we had glass that you could see the field. We're in here trying to make a team and impress. And through that glass out on the field in his full uniform, 25 minutes before stretching started, Largent's running the route tree by himself. Wow. I found, now we smirked, but I found the irony that I'm trying to make a team. I got a receiver trying to make a team. And the greatest fucking receiver of all time <laughs> later that year is running routes before the rest of us. And Mike Haynes tells great stories because we we were playing on my rookie year and they had Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes. Uh-huh. Lester, Lester, who was phenomenal. Lester belongs in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Yes. Mike yeah. already is in the Hall of Fame. Right. And I'm telling you, dude, Steve and Lester hated playing larger because he was the only guy he couldn't cover. Everybody else he could cover. And I'm telling you, Steve would flip and turn him around. And Mike Haynes and I talked about it years later. He goes, Sean, we beat him 37 to nothing. The rate on a it was either a, I think it was a Monday night or Sunday night game. 
And I'm telling you, large, it's running all. And it's like Lester wants to throw his hands at my mic, says, Sean, you know how good Lester was. He said he hated playing large. And I could see why, because see, yeah. you just have that guy. Well, it, it hit me. And I, I, I tell that story a lot over the course of my career because the irony in it of like the best, but you are 100% correct with Largent. The hardest practice player on my team in San Diego was Junior Seau. Wow. The, 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 and, the, the, and Rodney Harrison. Yeah. Super Bowl and the rest of it. Uh, Warren Moon, the, the Randall McDaniels, the uh, John Randall, the every t- Steve Large and every team I've been on, the best player beat you to the facility and left after you. How about that? Yeah. And so yeah. it was great. And you mentioned Jordan. One last quick story. You remember my guy Tommy Dore, who did radio yeah. Tom Dore. Yeah. Love Tommy. Love Tommy. He is a sweet human being. He's Love a Tommy. Great sense of humor and the rest. Love so Tommy. We were talking one time, and I said, "What was it like talking about Jordan?" He goes, "Let me tell you something, dude." He goes, "I used to go watch practice as they all do." He said, "I'd watch him." He goes, "When Michael, when they were playing five on face, said when he said enough's enough." He goes. He said, basically, so fuck all that offensive stuff that he could do. Dude, let me tell you, we really got nasty. He said, it's on the defensive end. He said, I'm going to tell you this. He's the greatest defensive player. He goes, on the practice court when they were playing, when, he, when a guy would hit shots and somebody else, and Michael said, I got him now. He goes, the guy, the guy never got up another fucking shot the entire scrimmage. Yep. And it may be a tad bit hyperbolic, but that's he, it's what he said. He goes, Sean, I'm going to tell you now without question. And Tommy's seen a lot of basketball like you. He said, there's never, never been a better defensive player than Michael Jordan. Mm. He said, Michael Jordan could have won the defensive player of the year yes. every year. I agree. He said, he said Sean, I've seen a lot. We all, all the great defensive players. He goes, he is the best defensive player in the world, period. Yep. Because when he decided he'd had enough, you know, the energy he had to exert on the offense in. But when enough was enough, not only his ability, but you mentioned going and working out at 830. There's no the, the secret is you got to have some talent. But he trained and worked and defended like a non-scoring blue-collar guy that came off the bench trying to make a team. And Tom Dore said he's the greatest without question defensively. He goes, it was watching him in practice was jaw, jaw-dropping when he got on the defensive end. And he said it was it was – it was epic watching him play. He said the best he's ever seen. And he said, there is no way there's a better defensive player in the world when Jordan decided he'd had enough. And you remember he won the MVP and the defensive player of the year, I think in the same year one. Yep. And just to let everybody know that when it's time, I am shutting you down. Right. Right. Hey, there's a fire. There's a fire alarm that went off in my building. Don't worry about it, but that's the noise you hear in the background. Did you fired up about our conversation? There you go, brother. Hey, let me ask you something. Running a route and improvising, like your your connection, like when, when you, I always hear you running perfect routes, but if a receiver knows that that route is not going to be there, the, the, you know, when you know a receiver as well as you did when you were practicing with them every day, how, how much um, uh, adjustments are made between a quarterback and a receiver, when you think they're running a specific route, but even you can see that's not going to be there. How does that work? A lot of fans don't understand that. Let's say you have a We both look at it and say, post the route called and it's staying on. In the middle of the route, 
and, and, I'll get, and I'll get to the second level of this, you can't change it. It's like when you see a guy run a quick slant, right? you got to run through the hole. I'll pick the window. You keep running. We can't stop. And you see it sometimes. I've seen it at the goal line. A young receiver will run a slant, and they'll squat at the goal line, and he'll stop and then try to go around the guy. And the defender's sitting in the hole. You can't do it. I pick the window yeah. when we're running man route, runaway routes, right? Runaway. You, when it's a runaway route, you cannot stop. I will, on a dig route, on a slant route, I'll pick the window. You just keep running, whether it's the first window or second window. So in the middle of a route, you – and it comes with – and I'll tell you, when Craig and Largent would do it, it's a funny thing about those two. But there is chemistry that comes with understanding the look you give each other. If all of a sudden, let's say it's third and six, and we had a play called 70-Y option in Seattle. And the coordinator – and I told you, told you, he said – I said, what's the read? He goes, throw it to 80. And I said, what's the, what's the read? He said, throw it to 80. And that was the read. Steve Largent wore 80. And so he'd push up to six yards, had a four-way break. So that's the one where it's like, is he breaking in on leverage or breaking out? That you have to, and David Craig and him, it was like they could finish sentences for each other, and the timing was impeccable. The trust factor of we've seen it a thousand times, here's what you're going to do. But on certain rights, like I come up and I say, Grant, you're running a post route. It's a bang post. You can't, in the middle of it, turn it into a curl route, right? Because yep. then, then, then I'm throwing it to a spot trying to throw you open, and you're that now a curl route, you're playing off leverage and underneath coverage. But there is offenses now. Kevin Gilbride was big on it. We see it a lot in college. And we're, I, I'm actually seeing more of it with quarterbacks I train in certain high school offenses where they are calling, and, we, and I've done it before, where it's we're reading on the fly. For instance, if the guy comes off the ball and the inside corner, and the corner's got inside leverage and it's a post, and he's, and he's taking away inside leverage, then in the middle of the route, we just turn it by seeing it, and it becomes a corner. Makes sense? Right. It comes yep. more. And then the third option yep. sometimes is if you can't get to the post because of leverage and you're trying to go out, there's a three deep corner back there, then sometimes a guy will run a corner hook and he'll sit in the, against zone. So those are the offensive schemes. Mm -hmm. That's a scheme that you go in and say, here's what we do. Here's a it curls, a curls, a curl. But a post, if we have runaway routes and we decide, well, why run to be covered? We're swimming upstream. If it's a post and he's got three yards inside leverage off coverage, let's just lean on him and adjust to a man corner where we already got the advantage. So those some offenses won't do it because they sure. don't trust the let they don't trust the quarterback and the receiver. Because I, I, we've all had it happen where you see a different leverage from my quarterback perspective than he does. Runs the post, you throw the corner, and you throw it to yeah. a defensive player. But you got to be Eli ran it in those Super Bowls. They were magnificent. Warren Moon mm. was phenomenal with the Oilers at it. And Kevin Gilbride was a good teacher of it. But so, so that's, and then there's the, when you break out of the pocket, go make something happen. And then guys have seen it. Like he likes it when I come back, this yep. guy likes it when I come up and then right. put a double move on and go. So that feed, it feels good. First day of rookie minicamp, I'm sitting there watching David Craig. And I don't, if I told you this, I said, I'm better. I, I came in six, five, two, I said, I'm fucking better than him. And this is Dave. Jersey's hanging down past his elbow. His pants are baggy. And this is the David Craig. I'm watching him warm up. And I'm thinking, no disrespect. But I'm like, let me, once I learn this offense, I'm, I'm taking this job, right? <laughs> <laughs> Three quarters of the way to practice, we start seven on seven. And we run a post corner. And we'd run it against the, the 11 on 11 to run a post corner. Steve Largent breaks to the post. And David Craig takes his drop and throws it while Largent's on his way to the post. 
He comes out of that thing, and I'm telling you, dropped in a trash can, large catch, it goes, and it was clockwork. And the trust, Dave, I have a you know right. dip, a chew in his mouth. And yeah, yeah. Now that's <laughs> the stuff where you're saying. And I looked at him, and I looked at my buddy afterwards, and I said, with well, a rookie teammate during minicamp, I said, you know what? I don't think. I don't fucking think I'm starting. <laughs> you know, Joe, I said, I, I don't think I'm going to beat him out. I knew I wasn't, but that's confidence. He's like, that's right. David Craig. And then after about two practices or, right. or, or two drills, I'm like, oh, that's David Craig. Now I get it. Uniform, raggedy, Milton College. It's now a junior high. And I'm watching, I think, and warm-ups, you know, it's all over. And then when it, when it was time to click in. He and Largent, was, it was magic watching those two work together. Just like Zorn and Largent were. And Steve Largent demanded that timing with his guys. And then Dave Craig came and did the same thing. And I learned a valuable lesson about looks can be deceiving on physical. <laughs> David was about six foot and a half, six one. And it's like, oh, that's what you call timing and, and accuracy and anticipation. Yeah. And I walked off the field that day say, I got a lot of work to do, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it was fun. Fun times. Something else I want to get into as we uh, wrap it up today. Uh, I have the utmost respect for Draymond Green as a basketball player. I mean, it goes without saying. I think the guy is phenomenal. He's got this thing now where he is calling himself the new media. And in a nutshell, what it means is if you're not a former athlete, your opinion really doesn't mean anything. So that would mean like your late great friend, John Clayton, that that under under Draymond's premise – that would mean that John Clayton shouldn't have the platform that he had. I think the guy's on a power trip. I think he's become entitled. And I think it's really unfortunate because there are a lot of phenomenal members of the media that have never played a professional sport that are really, really good at what they do. And I'm not sure why Draymond is going down this road, but I, I find it to be distasteful. Uh, it's turned me off. Uh, I think it's disrespectful. And I actually think it's despicable. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I can tell you this, and you know how I am about Draymond the player as well. Yep. I, I think he is... I can make the argument when he's going good, they go good. In, in goal, I can't. Every team would want to have him. Every team would want him. There's right. no question about it. You want him as a teammate, even though yep. he, it's maddening at times. Yep. But you want him because he can do everything. Um, but in in this case, the new media. Let, well, let, let me tell you what that does now, because in the NFL, it's not just broadcasters that may not have played or, or beat writers, the guys who work their ass off females as well right now yep. so we've eliminated them now too according to him because yes. not, I, I, in all my years i still haven't seen a female play nfl football right. so i'm assuming that when it comes to football that we're supposed to discount females joe buck al michaels 
the, the best of the best of the world, right. it can swim circles. No offense to Draymond around me and Draymond Green, everybody yep. else, as professional journalists and broadcasters. I think it's absurd. And you know, listen, I can compartmentalize. Great player. Sometimes it's maddening how he with technicals um, and this new media shit. Well, if that's the new media, I, I, I don't need to be a part of it. And I'm a former professional athlete. Right. I, I listen. I, I we've taken calls in radio, and you know this are simple conversations. Sitting next to a fan who's never played any of the pro sports, and by the time the conversations I'm o- is over, I'm saying that person will never get a chance in the media because they've got another job. But if they did, pretty damn smart, man. Yeah. So I, I I consider until you overload your mouth with your ass, I'm giving you all the respect and assuming you know something, not assuming you don't. And when it comes to the new media, listen, then that's the part of the media I don't want to be a part of because most of our play-by-play guys in pro sports didn't play pro sports in any of right. the sports. So Kurt Gowdy, that means Vin Scully, his, his opinion never mattered, even though as a play-by-play guy, Vinny doesn't give much opinion. But as an analyst, whether it's studio, so Kirk Herbstreit, I guess he, he doesn't know shit about football, right? I mean, Kirk <laughs> wasn't an NFL guy, and, and he, he's only the, the voice and face of college football. So, Charles Davis I, I, never played in the NFL. What's that? Charles Davis is great. Yeah, he he never played in the NFL. Charles Davis knows as much football as anybody does. Right. And you, and, and even in when when it comes to the coaches, hell, in, in my sport, most of those NFL coaches didn't spend a whole lot of time, and if they did, minimal time playing in the NFL. The Mike yep. Tomlins, the Andy yep. Reeds, the John Grudens when he was there. Uh, hell, yep. who, Belichick, you know, I, I think he's okay. So the broadcast, it's it, if that's the way truth and not just a hot take hyperbolic shit by Draymond saying, if you didn't play, your opinion doesn't matter, then Draymond in that particular comment's full of shit when it comes to yep. that. And I love the guy as a player. I do. I do but, too. But listen, if you're going to say it, then you're opening yourself up for us to say, come on, man, because I damn well know from the hard work that guys like John Clayton or play-by-play or analysts that that were really good players that didn't get a chance or didn't last in pro yeah. sports. The opinion does matter because when it gets right down to it, they have to work twice as hard because they didn't get the inside of being, they don't have the stories you just shared or that I'm yep. able to share, but they find a way to get them because they work and they're really good at it. I, I think it's absurd. And anybody that buys in that the only opinion that matters is the person who played it. it, it first of all, it's a horseshit take. And second right. of all, it's not true, and it's as hyperbolic as it gets, yep. and that's about as hot take as it gets. And the problem is, it ain't sticking. It's not. Yep. Gonna, and people are. Just, it, it, you know what it is? It's an eye rolling con- uh, uh, comment. It just is. And and, and listen, I, I dream would be as outspoken, say whatever you want. Doesn't mean I gotta like everything you say. And people, whether they're offended or not, they probably roll their eyes. Those folks who work their ass off that didn't play pro. Listen, if that's the case, what's the percentage of people in all pro sports that even make it? So we've just completely, according yep. to Draymond Green, that just obliterates everybody, right? So we ought to take Ernie Johnson off the set, right? Right? The, the best one of the best ever. Around. Oh yeah, right. really? It, right. It's absurd, and all it does is make people. You don't want to lose your media credibility before you're a media guy, Draymond. He's getting there. Yes, and unfortunately. Yep. All right. Before we let you go, give me some picks tonight. I'm going to pick Miami to end this series in Philadelphia. I'm going to pick Dallas to force a game seven. Who do you like tonight? I'm taking uh, Suns end it in tonight, finish it off, and I'm going to take the. I'm with you. I think that Miami's energy and they'll get enough stops and probably try to keep it a little more low scoring. I got Miami taking care of their business too. I got Phoenix finishing it off as well. All right, man. You have a good rest of the day. Good show.
See, great stuff. I love the stories, man. Bye bye, you. Great stuff. Same with you. Sit here and listen to your 35 or 40 years. How how fucking old are you now, dude? How 62. Look at me. I'm an old man. I'm 62. <laughs> and you've been covering basketball since you're like four. So that's a hell of a career. <laughs> so, great stories. I love it. And I'll see you. Uh, hey. I'll talk to you before Tuesday, but I'll see you on Tuesday. I'll tell you how old I am. I actually watched fucking Y.A. Tittle play in person for the New York Giants, okay, when I was three years old at the bleachers in Yankee Stadium. And I remember Y.A. Tittle throwing a pass to Del Schaffner. So have I aged myself to you a little bit? Yeah, look, but hey, I, I'm uh, I'm not far off because I still got some of my asshole buddies that asked me if I wore a leather helmet. So screw them. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. See ya. Great. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.